The Blitz Period is a production of BNM Media and brought to you by Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at SoonerSportsDaily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz Period. Jalen Ross here, and we're finally back after a uh, two or three week hiatus, if you will. As most of you know, we took a break on the page and the podcast, but we're finally back. And this is a special one because we have some guests with us, some longtime friends of the page. Uh, I want to welcome in Soonerscoop.com's George Stoya and my man Joe Castiglione Jr. Uh, boys, how you guys doing today? I'm fantastic, Jalen. Uh, it's a pleasure to uh, join this this fine podcast. Um, you know, I really, the only reason I'm doing this, Jalen, uh, is because I want to get more Instagram followers and you are the <laughs> king of, the, you are the king of that. So yeah, thank hey. you for having me on. No, of I, course, anytime, anytime. I'd also like to boost my followers as well, but uh, it's great to get this trio together uh, since the uh, short-lived uh, Monday's Cup of Joe. Uh, that was the last time we all got got together. So it's it's great to be on here, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's the part I, I forgot to mention, uh, the host of the short-lived Monday's Cup of, Cup of Joe, Joe Castiglione Jr. But anyway, um, George, we're going to start with you. So for those of you that have been living under a rock, you may not know what George is doing now. It's been a pretty big week for him. But, uh, George, let everybody know what you're up to now. Yeah, I uh, started on Wednesday – working for Sooner Scoop, um, pretty big move, obviously for me, uh, personally and professionally last three years, I, I was covering the Broncos, um, out in Denver. And, um, you know, the, for the people that don't know much about me, I'm from Oklahoma. I went, I went to OU, I, I covered, uh, OU football for three years for the school newspaper. Um, and so t- the opportunity to, you know, come back and work for Sooner Scoop, which has been around forever, uh, at least in my lifetime, um, you know, was something that I really couldn't pass up and, and I'm super excited about. We've got, you know, a great team with, with Carrie and, and Josh and Eddie and Bob. So, um, yeah, it's been a really big week. Like I was saying before we, we jumped on here, not only was my first day on Wednesday, uh, I also got the keys to my new apartment here in Oklahoma city. So, uh, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. Um, and like I said, you know, earlier, I only right now all I have is my bed and my TV basically in my apartment. Uh, and I've been trying to work a little bit. So, um, but it's, it's been fun and uh, I'm super excited about it. Y'all can see, but George also has a pretty main hat collection too. So props to you for that. But uh, Josie, let us know where you're at and uh, what you're doing nowadays. As if many people may not know, uh, Joe Castiglione Jr. did restart that whole sentence. Joe Castiglione Jr. did play football for the senior Sooners uh, a couple of years back. He was on the Orange Bowl team. He was on the Rose Bowl team. So he's got a little bit of ball experience himself. But uh, Joe, let everybody know what you're up to now. Uh, first off, I'd like to say play is a rough word. I was on the team. <laughs> well, he was there. He was say. on the team. Yes. <laughs> I played with some greats. It was it was probably just because uh, you know, Rodney Anderson, you know, T Serm, you know, players like that. That was probably the main reason why I didn't get to shine. You know, just stuck stuck behind a couple NFL guys, really, is what happened. You, you were know? the mentor. Exactly. Just everyone's got a role, Joe. Everyone's got a role. I did. Uh, yeah, you could say that. That's one way to put it. Uh, I'm still uh, here in good old Norman, Oklahoma, uh, not born and raised, but pretty much, uh, I, 
took a uh, position in uh, corporate governance or basic base, uh, other words, corporate. Um, so I uh, worked a corporate job here in, uh, it's actually located here in Norman, enjoying it. You know, that's the, you still loving OU sports. The uh, farther I get away, the more I get outspoken about it. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of years. I'll tell you that. Are you, uh, Joe, are you still doing uh, any personal training? I'm looking for a trainer. Uh, I can do it. I, I do have a select few, only a high level clientele like yourself. Okay. I need, I need to get uh, in shape. So uh, uh, I can help you with up. that. Add myself right well, there. Yeah. Well, Hey, senior year's coming up. So I'll let you boy, Joe. Oh, let's do it. Let's get some work in. You know it. Yeah. But uh, so George, uh, many people may not know before you came on the scoop, you were working in Denver. You covered the Broncos for the last three years uh, in the pros and the Broncos obviously haven't been too hot recently. It's not, it ain't, they aren't your daddy's Broncos. We'll just say that. Um, we all know how this year went. They made a coaching change and everything like that. But uh, talk a little bit about your time in Denver covering uh, Russell Wilson and the whole Nathaniel Hackett, that entire situation. Just, I mean, what was that like for you? Yeah, to put it bluntly, they sucked. Um, you know, they, they were not they were not any good last year. Um, and really, the all three years I was here or in Denver, it was they were bad. Um, but you know, it, you look, it, it's it's a different world, right? Um, you know, I I grew up around college football. Um, you know, I I covered college football. That's all I knew. And so when I got the opportunity to jump to the NFL. It's really what I thought I wanted to do, um, and and it was fun. I, I I can't lie. Like I know that they weren't very good, but um, you know the media access is unbelievable, um, right? Like you're in the locker room every single day, getting to know guys. Uh, I've said it a few times now, but like this last year, I got to know Delaren Turner Yell and Nick Benito really well. Um, they had locker lockers pretty much next to each other, and I would sit and talk to them all the time. And and they knew who I was, and I knew who they were, obviously, because we we went to school together. Uh, years ago, but, um, you know, I, I enjoyed that part of it. Right. Um, you know, I didn't so much enjoy Russell Wilson at times. Um, you know, I think he's genuinely a nice guy and he, he's, he's trying to be a nice guy, but he's also, um, like an AI, like he's like a robot up there a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, he was so bad on the field last year that, uh, <laughs> like it just was, it was tough to watch, man. It got towards the end of the year that you were like, this is brutal, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I made a lot of friends out there. Um, and you know, to be honest, like it made me realize what I wanted to do. Right. Like, and I think that's, that's what I'm not going to sit here and like give people advice on, on careers, but if I were to tell a young person, um, you know, what they should be doing in, in this career path is go try different things and, and not even just this career path, but any career, like go try different things. Cause eventually you'll figure out what you want to do. And for me, the last three years in Denver, I liked it, but it also made me realize I miss college football. Uh, I miss being, you know, closer to home. Um, and I miss again, like covering, you know, athletes that are, you know, in the 18 to 22 year old type range. I mean, cause it's such a different personality, you know, going from covering guys that are in college, they love playing for their school, um, you know, things like that. NILs kind of changed that in terms of the business aspect. But when you get to the NFL and you're talking to a 30-year-old guy who's done media a million times, he's scripted when he gets up there and he's making, you know, millions and millions of dollars, uh, it's a little bit different versus talking to a 19-year-old kid that just loves to play for the University of Oklahoma, right? Uh, and so that's what that that helped me realize was I, I missed that part of it. 
and so that's why I'm I'm super excited to be back here and and you know again cover a university that I feel like I know as well as anyone. Yeah, and I mean, George, you you mentioned it too in your uh, your article the other day, your your first piece on SoonerScoop.com actually, but talking about how you know this. I mean, this is the perfect time to be covering OU football because you're going to a new conference. You you've got, of course, a new head coach in here and welcoming in, hopefully, a better part of that era. Uh, and then NIL transfer portal and all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff to really be on top of. And uh, that's part of the reason why I started taking it serious too, as all that stuff start coming up. But um, so I want to ask this about Denver. Now I've always been a fan of Sean Payton uh, as a dreadful Dallas Cowboys fan. I've always thought he should be our head coach, no matter how good Mike McCarthy may be. But I want to know from you, do you think that's going to work out in Denver? You're asking the wrong guy because I thought the Russell Wilson <laughs> stuff was going to work out in Denver. And I was also a fan of Nathaniel Hackett. And, um, you know, I got to know uh, Nate pretty well during his time in Denver. Um, awesome dude. Terrible football coach. Um, like I, I really enjoyed talking to him, like just a really, really good dude. Uh, he was just very clearly in over his head. And I do think someday he'll he might get another chance because um, that's just how the NFL works. But, um, you know, I think that. With Sean, the biggest thing that I, it was working in his favor, or at least the biggest thing why I like him, is he is a culture changer. You look what he was able to do in New Orleans early in his career there, uh, and, and kind of shift the culture there because they were they were a bad football team. They were one of the the worst franchises in the league. Uh, and he came in, I think they went like ten and six in his first season, made the playoffs. I think he won Coach of the Year. Like that's the kind of stuff that. Denver needs like the Broncos are are historically known as a good franchise, right? I mean, it was seven years ago they won a Super Bowl with with Peyton Manning, um, and so they need to get back to that because the last you know seven years since they've not made the playoffs since then, uh, the culture there they just have a bunch of guys in that locker room that have never seen what it looks like to be a successful football team, uh, and so you need a guy that can come in and kind of clean out that locker room. Like, there's probably several veterans in there that they probably should move on from. To be completely blunt. Uh, and I think Sean Payton won't be afraid to say that and do that because uh, he is going to have a lot of power. So that's the biggest thing working in his favor. I do think that he's also a good fit for fixing Russell because um, I do think Russell has the potential to. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to go out and win an MVP uh, and be that type of Russell, but I still I don't think he's a, a bottom 10 quarterback in the league like he was this last year. So uh, if they can get him to be somewhere in the middle, um, then I think they can win a lot of football games. I mean, last year. I think they lost, I think it was like seven or eight one-score games. You have good coaching. You win probably half of those, and all of a sudden you're nine and eight and maybe sneaking into the playoffs. So uh, I, I think that it's it's not like they need to have a huge change, but I do think Sean will make quite a few changes that uh, will benefit them in the long run. So uh, long story short, I do think it'll be better than it was last year, but uh, we'll see long-term how, how well it works out. Um, I, I think he's hired a pretty impressive staff, too. So. Well, Joe lives a better life than all of us because he's a Chiefs fan. So, thank uh, thank God the, for being born the, in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get the you get the lucky end of that. But um, so I do want to ask this because I, I figure this will be a pretty dang good story. And Joe, this is for you. So, um, just go ahead and talk about how you and George met. You guys have been friends since college. Uh, so I want you to just go ahead and give us that story. I'd like to even go even more detailed. We've been friends since 
classes before even classes started. Yeah. So George and I met in Headington Hall, uh, the athletic dorm slash non-athletes. Um, we had a mutual friend named Tyler Paul that we actually spoke about uh, prior to this call. And so I'm uh, walking down the hall with Tyler, a.k.a. Toby. So if you hear that name, they're the same person. I'm walking down the hall and there's a bench and I hear there's Joe Castiglione Jr. And I'm like, this who's pulling my leg? Like who's pulling my leg? And I'm like, I turn, I'm like, yes. Like think it was going to be like one of my friends is like, Hey, like I'm George. Like I played like middle school basketball against you. I'm like <laughs> What? And he was like, yeah. Yeah, St. Mary's, and I knew instantly. There was this team in eighth grade. Uh, we both played Catholic grade school basketball, CGSA. Very competitive, uh, very competitive stuff. It actually really was low-key, yeah. though. Low-key. Uh, so, and George's team upset my team in the postseason playoff. And George had, like, five or six threes. He was a, he was a baseline guy, <laughs> ran the baseline, shot a ton of threes, and he was like, yeah, I was that fat kid that made a ton of threes. And like a light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, no kidding. Like, that's you. And uh, three and no D. That was me. Three and no D. <laughs> three and no D. That's my pickup game now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Except for no three. <laughs> no three all D, actually. Hold up. But uh, <laughs> and uh, I, we literally met then. I think we probably even went to the Huff and played basketball a few days later. We've just been friends ever since. Uh, got really close with him and a few of his other roommates. And uh, it's always good to have somebody to talk uh, sports with. Cause I think we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff and we're both a uh, big realist. So when it's bad and people are mad, we're probably right in the same boat as y'all. Yeah. We have some text exchange from this last season that should probably <laughs> never be public. Um, but, <laughs> but I, I have two, two quick stories or actually just, I'll just share one or no two. I'll do, I'll do two. Yeah. Do both. We got time. This was uh so we, I, yes, I definitely did that. I knew who he was cause we were both in PLC. And so I knew what he looked like. So I yelled at him and we just met then. And then he met, he met Tobert or Toby or Tyler, whatever you want to call him. T-bone. Um, Scooper we became Scooper. good friends, but Joe, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember the first time we really hung out though, was like later that week. You, me, and your roommates—I'll—I won't name them—went um, out to the bars, and uh, we went to uh, Brothers. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember this? No. Okay, we went to Brothers, <clears throat> and we had a hell of a good time. You know, um, that place. Yeah, rip. Rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Yeah. Um, and on the way back, cause we would walk cause we lived in Headington on the way back. It was when they were doing all that construction on Lindsay street. And, uh, Joe was like, we should, uh, I, I don't know if it was you, Joe, or one of your roommates was like, we need to take that sign. And it was road closed. Do not walk here. <laughs> and we, it was you, me and two other guys again, won't name them. And, uh, we we pick up that sign and we we think we can like get past the guy at the front door of Headington and we walk in and we're holding it like behind our backs as if no one could tell that we're holding this massive construction sign and the guy's like he just looks at us and just like nods and then we just walk right by 
to the elevator and you guys kept that in your dorm room all freshman year. I don't know whatever happened to it and how you guys got it out of there, but I'll never forget doing that. Uh, but yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember exactly that, that yeah. piece of, it was like the first art- week of school. It was that artifact actually was in the dorm room until we moved out and we put it in the Salvation Army uh, pile. So <laughs> we returned, we returned it to somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. It said uh, it was like bridge closed ahead. And yeah, Jalen, when I say this sign wasn't like a um, two by three foot sign, it was human sized. Oh yeah. It was like, it was like the road close sign that you see like blocking the roads. Like it was that big. And, uh, that was, that was fun. The other story is I'll never forget this. This is a sad story is, uh, we watched game six of the 2016, uh, Western conference finals at your house, Joe. Oh, oh yeah. God. And we were, I remember sitting there after it was that clay game that he scored like whatever, 40 points or whatever. And they lost. Yeah, I was lost. there. That was horrific. Yeah, it's horrible. And I just remember sitting and sitting with Joe and it was Toby. Toby was there too. Sitting with Joe and Toby in just like silence for like hours after the game because we were so <laughs> pissed. But I remember that. That broke me. That broke bro- everything. Bro- still broke me. Yeah. It broke the franchise. Not really broke, but it set the franchise in a different yeah. direction. It was the beginning of the end. It was. Yeah, it's 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 been a rough time to be an Oklahoma sports fan. But uh, Joe, you mentioned it. You, 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 both of you guys like to get it real. Um, so I think we've got to get a little bit real about this football program. Where do we, where do we think it's heading this year? Because we, we saw obviously what happened in 2022. We don't need to go down that whole rabbit hole. Uh, George, you talked, you mentioned, you watched every game from last season. Uh, and the only way you can go is up. I mean, there's, there's no, it's almost certain. So, um, they've put together a nice class recruiting wise, put together a nice class in the transfer portal, uh, off season workouts have been going very well so far from what I hear, from what I hear. So, um, what are we expecting from this 2023 Oklahoma football team? Are we expecting something like a big 12 championship or something like that? Just what, what do we think we're going to see this year? Let, let me throw one caveat out there. Uh, it's like a waiver. Um, it's always my opinion. Some people like to think that my opinion is my father's opinion, but this is completely yeah. my opinion, my facts. I don't know anything on the inside on purpose because I want to form this opinion just like everyone else. But Great disclaimer. I, so there's my uh, little waiver, my uh, trying to think of a better word. But I do think last year reset expectations because I believe, I truly believe any year we go into, we should be thinking Big 12 Conference Championship or bust. And I think that is possible this year. But we have a lot of people, as in fans, who see this and thinking as long as we get to nine and three, like that, that'll be progress. And I, yeah, I agree that's progress. But I'm going to be honest with you. You look at the schedule, and you could have said this for last year. If this is not a 10 and two football team, then we got to take an even greater step next year. But I think along with the class, the development, the guys we have coming back, I I think this should be a 10 and two football team. I I have big 12 conference aspirations, especially considering 
there is not going to be a top dog. Texas is going to be good. You know, you might see a team like BYU be really good. TCU lost a lot, but they'll still have a solid core coming back. But I think this should be a 10 and two team. And that's even with my expectations reset. I mean, we just have to be better. And I think we will, but I, I believe conference championship that I think that should be, that should be what we're shooting for. And I believe it is, but I think that's well in range for this team. Am I, am I next? Do I answer to, do I go? Yeah, that's, hard to that's, that's hard to follow up, Joe. Um, no, I, I agree with Joe. I think that, look, last year uh, was really tough. Um, and I think that where, and I can be, I, you know, Joe's in a tough spot. Cause I think uh, like he said, people just assume his opinion is his dad's opinion. Um, but I'll, I'll be pretty, pretty blunt here. I think the, the new staff came in and maybe didn't um, realize what they're stepping into in terms of what the roster was. Um, and you look at, you know, what they were, what they went and got in the transfer portal last year. And I don't mean this in, in any negative way to some of these guys, but you look at the schools that they went and got guys from last year, Tulane, Wyoming, Hawaii. Um, and again, no knock on the Jeffrey Johnson's of the world. CJ Colden came in and played great. Uh, but you look at that versus where they went and got kids this year in the transfer portal, Indiana, Wake Forest, Oklahoma State. That's a step up in its own regard, right? Uh, and so I think that that's what you're looking at is this staff this last year. And we saw it on the field, right? I mean, I'm not saying, oh, you didn't have talent last year, but it was clear that the talent level that we're used to seeing from Oklahoma wasn't always there. Um, look at the guys in the draft this year. You're talking about, you know, maybe no defensive players uh, getting drafted. Jalen Redmond had a great pro day the other day, um, but I don't know if he'll if he'll get drafted because of health reasons and things like that. Deshaun White didn't even get invited to the combine. Um, you know, offensively, they've got some dudes and we saw that offense excel at times last year. But that's the biggest difference to me um, is, is the talent levels going up. And then I think, and I said this on the scoop pod the other day is, um, you know, the game management last year and at times, especially in some of those close games, I think it was where they lose like four games by three points or whatever it was down the stretch. Like mm -hmm. the game management has to get better. But the thing is that OU fans need to realize is this is Brent's first time doing this. I know that he's been around forever, um, but that's what you want to see from him on the field is improving in that area, knowing when to call timeouts, um, you know, knowing when to slow the game down. I'll never forget watching the Bedlam game and thinking, what the hell are they doing? Not running the clock, um, you know, things like that, that we're really not going to know about until the fall. And that's why spring's always fun, right? Cause we can sit here in March and say, Oh yeah, like a so-and-so looks great in practice or yeah. You know, I think they can win the big 12 championship. And I agree. Like, I think that they should be competing for that next year. I don't think the conference is going to be as good. I don't think there's a top dog. I think they're going to be as talented as anybody, including Texas, but uh, it's March and it's, you know, injuries are going to happen. Um, we want you got to see if if Brent can get better in some of that game management stuff. We're not going to learn that from a spring game, right? So I, I think that it's one of those things that it's hard to predict. Um, uh, it's fun in the off season to predict, but um, yeah, I think the expectation is always Big Twelve, and and this is such a pivotal year. And like, and I hope OU fans, I think they realize that. But like, 
this is such a pivotal season because if you go out and you can have a 10 win season, like Joe said, and get to the big 12 championship game, maybe win the big 12, that's just going to springboard you into the sec. Cause that's the year, right? 2024, 2025. Those are the years that you've got to be winning 10, 11, 12 games uh, or else people are going to be pissed, right? Like that's the expectation in a place like Oklahoma. So this year's huge. And, and whatever that looks like in terms of development, um, you know, I know everybody wants to compete for a national championship every single year. The reality is this next year is not as important as the next year, but it is important because it's going to help the next year. I, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 it's a, it's a pivotal, pivotal season in terms of development at OU. Yeah. And, and George, you put it perfectly on that because a big point that I, I, I was making on the page throughout the season was that a lot of us need to kind of rekindle our expectations of this team, because I think a lot of people when when Lincoln Riley left, a lot of people were expecting Brent Venables to come in and just set the house on fire and go in and march into a college football playoff because people figured that, OK, they're not going to be soft anymore. They're finally going to have a defense. They're finally going to do this. They're finally going to do that. But I don't think people understand that this stuff takes time. And people do have these examples of like Dan Lanning in Oregon and these other schools who did have better seasons with new coaches, but no other school in the country lost as much as Oklahoma did. And Brent Venables has, has said that in the nicest way possible. He's really said in the nicest way possible in his press conferences that we just don't have the guys yet. But I think it's very telling when you have a team that can go six and seven and you still manage to bring in a top five recruiting class. Because obviously that there's there's some type of belief in these coaches that they can get this thing right. You won't find a single person within those walls at Oklahoma that doesn't think that it's heading in the right direction. Now, like like Joe did kind of mention, if if this season doesn't go the way that it's supposed to and you go out there and you go six and seven again, then you might have to start having some talks. But there's no reason why it shouldn't get better this year, because you, you look at the schedule and I, I made this point on a pod a few weeks ago. The Big 12 isn't just the gauntlet this year. There's no team in the conference this year that's just like, you really got to watch out for them. Yeah, Texas is going to be good this year. But Oklahoma State, I don't expect them to do much this year at all. Uh, you know, Texas Tech, I, I, they'll be better. Um, you know, TCU, I expect them to be a little bit, uh, to be somewhat the same. I mean, they're not going to be just, I don't think they're going to go back to the playoffs, but they should be a solid top 15 team this year. But that's about it. I mean, everything else you've got, you you can handle some business. Uh, but for this next question, and it is about the SEC because uh, this is something we haven't really talked about. And, and Joe, this is another one where you're going to have to kind of say this is not your dad's opinion at all. But what are y'all's thoughts on that move? Because there's a lot of mixed there's a lot of mixed feelings when it comes to going to the SEC and especially going early because, I mean, they really aren't supposed to go until 2025. Now it's 2024. So this is your final season, your last chance to get things rekindled. What are y'all expecting to see heading into the Southeastern Conference? And what are your thoughts on the move? Um, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, we'll switch it. I think... I think it's great. I mean, I'm all for it. Um, look, is it going to be a lot harder? Hell yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it is. And, but that's college football. Um, I think college football is going to get a lot harder. And I think eventually we're going to see 
some sort of separation from the power five schools. Um, I do think that's going to happen at some point in the future. Um, but I'm, I'm all for it. I, you know, I think leaving early is smart because look, it's about money in this business. Uh, and Joe's dad will tell you that too. Um, and I think that obviously the, the, the reason they're moving early is I, I think it, it's a couple of things. One, it's for the money, right? Cause they're going to get paid a lot more in the sec. And number two, it's because I think we've seen it. The, the big 12 doesn't, I mean, they like to have Oklahoma and Texas because of the, they get money from those two schools, but it's very clear that the other schools are now pissed off at Oklahoma and Texas. And so they're, they've been ushering them out the door. So I think they're happy to kind of move on earlier. Um, and I think, like I said earlier, it's, it's pivotal that Oklahoma uh, and Texas, if you want to throw them in there, need to need to have good seasons this year because you can't go into the SEC uh, really on a down year, especially in recruiting. That's why, like you said, Jalen, the, um, you know, the ability to go out and get a top five class in the first year of Brent's tenure is, is huge. Um, so I, I really like it. I think, I think OU is going to do better than people are giving them credit for. Um, are they going to go win the SEC the first year? Probably not. They may not even do it in the first, you know, two or three years, but I do think they can win that conference. Um, I think you're looking at a, a place that you're stepping into where, um, yeah, Georgia's a, a machine right now, but if you keep recruiting at the level you are, um, then you're going to have, you know, athletes that can compete with that. I think Alabama, uh, is obviously still a juggernaut. I think they're going to be really good this next year, but how much longer is Nick Saban going to do this? Um, maybe a window opens up there and then the news today, um, and it's, I don't think it's official yet, but the three opponents that Oklahoma might draw in Texas, Missouri, and Florida, uh, would be the three teams they play every year. I really like that draw for them. Uh, obviously they can beat Texas, uh, if they've done it time and again, uh, when they actually have a quarterback, uh, playing and then, uh, Missouri is you know, I don't think they're very good. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I like that no, draw are. for them. And then Florida, you know, they're not the same Florida that they used to be. And I really like Billy Napier, uh, but they kind of went through sort of the same pains that, uh, you went through this last year. So what's that going to look like for them? Uh, and I also just think that'd be a fun rivalry, you know, every single year. So, um, I really like the teams that they drew in that. And so I, I think that they can compete in it. So I'm, I'm excited for, I mean, I, I said on a podcast earlier today uh, that, you know, for me, like the, the uh, kind of the allure to come back to Oklahoma, it was part of the SEC and uh, in, in getting to cover that. Now, if they were still in the big 12, I probably would have still strongly considered the job, but the fact that I get to go cover the SEC is uh, pretty enticing. So I'm, I'm personally pumped about it. I think George hit a lot of <clears throat> a lot of the main points on the head. I just wanted to dive into a couple more of those a little bit more deeply. Uh, first off, the money. At the end of the day, that's what it is about. Because I do not think a lot of people quite understand how high Oklahoma has competed in all sports with a significantly less money pool. And so we are at OU, we want to compete the highest level at all sports. And I know a lot of other universities say the same thing, but I think you could see top from bottom, top to bottom while we are the highest. But there are a lot of things that we can look at and you're like, wow, that got left behind because we didn't have the money for it. I think the easiest one, 
And my favorite one to lobby for, which is not even football related, is the LNC. I mean, I I really took to being a college basketball fan during college, watching Buddy. I mean, I grew up an OU fan, but really took it to be a college basketball fan growing uh, watching Buddy. And then we got to see Trey. Uh, the LNC is horrible. There's no other way to describe it. it. It's the card that we were dealt. And I know we haven't tried to reshuffle the deck yet, but I think that just shows that we had to push our money to other places, but that is something that's left behind. I mean, you see the baseball stadium, amazing run for the boys last year, but the, the stadium is small. It's outdated. Their facilities are pretty horrible for being honest. And so you see all these other areas that had to be left behind because we quite honestly didn't have the money for it. And I think part of the frustration there with Oklahoma and Texas is you are the big draw for the big 12. You are a big chunk of the money going towards TV deals. You make the other schools a lot of money when you go into town because you are the game of the year, if not the top two. And so I think a lot of the frustration was we're getting the same cut of the pie when we're bringing a lot of ingredients to the table that other schools aren't. And so I think it honestly goes so much more deeper than football to get to the SEC because it is going to be that 2024 year, we will receive a lot less money, but it's about getting jump-started the right direction faster. And so it's taking a sacrifice now to reap the benefits later. And it's And then from just a fan standpoint, how can you not be excited? You know, how can you not be excited to possibly go to Gainesville? I mean, we've seen what the atmosphere in Knoxville is like, you know, going to Oxford, you know, going to Tuscaloosa, Athens, um, you cannot be not excited to attend one of a game there. And that is across all sports. And so getting our fans into that conference as fast as possible is another thing. And then how, how do we want to cater to our fans better? We want to provide better facilities, better atmospheres to watch the game. And so that goes back to money. And so we need to get a little bit more money to pump into our facilities and stuff. So I think it is so easy to break off different chains from the word money and why that's important going to the SEC, but it's just going to be a phenomenal experience. And I'm excited as a fan. I'm excited for our teams. And I think it's going to be really good, but I will say like George, we do need to temper our expectations. I think you need to look at, you can even look at it, Georgia. They had some really good teams some years and they went eight and four, you know, nine and three, you know, they had three or four years of that. And then they just all of a sudden have went on this run, but it's going to take some time to build and you are going to have some more losses because you are playing tougher teams game in and game out. And so uh, I think that expectation <clears throat> needs to be tampered a little bit, but it, it's hard not to be excited with this SEC move. As someone who's interviewed well, your dad a lot of times, Joe, you just sounded exactly like your dad. Almost that see, I was thinking about that too. I was thinking just like that too. Cause you, when you said something about, you said something about fan experience and I was like, that sounds just like Joe. So you, you can definitely see that runs in the jeans. But um, going back to a point you made about the fans 
the reason I think that fans wouldn't be excited is only because they see what schools like Georgia and Alabama are doing. And they think that going into the conference, you're just going to get whooped every weekend. And I mean, that's really the national perspective, too, from people is thinking that they look at this Oklahoma program and they're like, well, that one, they play nobody in the Big 12. And two, they're getting beat by West Virginia and Texas Tech and all these other schools. Like, what makes you think they're going to come into the conference and do some work? Now, as far as what you said about facilities, I, I agree with that. Um, and I even I could even say, like, as as wild as it is to say, because it, it kind of it, it's very recently renovated. But even the football facilities are a little outdated, especially heading into the SEC. You're going to be I mean, you look at what A&M's got. You look at what Alabama's got, what Florida's got. Auburn just built a, an, an amazing $90 million facility this past season. Like all these schools are are pumping in money towards that. And Oklahoma needs that. And when you talk about someone like a guy I've mentioned a lot, a Thad Turnipseed, who coming in from Clemson, he's got an amazing mind and he's building, so he's going to do some amazing things facilities wise. And the, uh, the proposal for the, was it around like 300? I can't 65? remember the exact cost. It's rough. I can't I remember. That's what I don't have a number. But yeah, I, I, I gotta look at I gotta look at the number again. But it's somewhere around there. A, a, a lot of money, pretty much, for a new facility that's gonna be built before the Sooners head into the SEC. That kind of stuff's gonna be important because that's the kind of stuff that is enticing to fans. It's enticing to recruits because that's gonna be their home for the next four and really their home for the next forty something years. And it, I mean, this is a point that fans will die about, but even when you talk about tailgating, that's something that's got to get better, and, and everybody can agree with that. But when you look at it, it's it's as simple as, like you said, it's it's all about money. And I don't I don't think there's anybody out there that should have any doubts about that because you're, you're going to have to go in and compete. Because w- with Oklahoma, I mean, going into that conference, historically, you're already third best program probably. Second, maybe I could be wrong, but you're already at the top of the food chain once you get there. Now, the thing is this, if you are a fan, you shouldn't you should not be shocked if you go into this conference and you end up going nine and three a couple of years or I don't want to go as far as say eight and four. But you're not going to just be pumping conference championships out the tail every year like you did in the Big 12. It's just not going to happen because the SEC is I mean, as many people call it, many people call it the NFL of college football like it's, it's it's a different level of football over there. But um, biggest question I have for y'all as far as this SEC thing is, what's the one place y'all are most excited to travel to? Oxford. Um, that was mine too. <laughs> I think it would, the, like the tailgating scene. I mean, I, I think Athens will be, will be cool. Um, Tuscaloosa. I mean, that's the thing too. Like Joe, and, and the thing is, is like all those places are going to be sweet. Uh but how about two of the teams that are going to come to Norman? Like that's the other thing too is like look at OU's home schedule this year and replace just like a couple of those games with say even Ole Miss and Alabama. Like the schedule just gets so much better of those teams coming to Norman. Like the atmosphere in Norman's going to be ten times better. So uh, like I'm looking forward to all the road games, but like to have those type of programs come to Norman is going to be amazing. Also, I just want to clear two things up. Uh, one, everybody, sh- everybody, can I cuss on here? Um, 
let's go with no. Just okay. Okay. I don't know <laughs> everyone, everyone, so. <laughs> everyone craps on the Big Twelve, but the reality is, I think it's it's been a very good conference, um, and especially last year. I mean, we saw TCU. I know they got their butt kicked in the national championship game, but they were a good football team. Uh, there was a lot of good football teams last year in the Big Twelve, and there has been for years. So everybody that you know, and I think most OU fans know that, but the national people that continue to crap on the Big Twelve don't know what they're talking about. Number two, <clears throat> for the fans out there that don't want to go to the SEC because they're worried about you know not winning and not being able to compete, you know, if you can't run with the dogs, stay on the porch, right? So uh, you know, big dogs got to eat. So. Oklahoma is going to be just fine. They're going to compete. They're going to be able to run with everybody else. So uh, that's that's the new reality. So you better get used to it. Um, so again, if you don't want to run with the dogs, stay on the porch. I to Georgia's first point. Okay, I'll say I'm I'm most excited to experience Oxford, especially outside of the stadium, uh, per se. See the Grove. Uh, I can't wait for that. But in the stadium, I mean, I, I want to go to Tuscaloosa. Uh, I mean, I want to see when they, uh, see those red, big red lights. And I want to see a crimson storm, you know, I just want to see the whole thing. Uh, but I do think, and I do agree with George. I think last year, the big 12 top to bottom was the best conference top to bottom, but I think it's going to come to a point that that was an anomaly last year. I, I don't think that's, that hasn't been the case a lot of years. And so I think what's different is the physicality of each game is why the SEC is going to be so much harder. And so playing those teams week after week after week takes a toll. And so I think that's going to be a really hard, hard adjustment. I'm not going to say it's it's going to be bad, but it's going to be a really hard adjustment. So I'm looking forward to, uh, how that's going to transpire just because the competition, I mean, they're the teams look different in the sec. You know, you look at Oklahoma versus even TCU this year. You're like, wow. OU's got some big boys. TCU was pretty big too, but especially Texas. If you look at Texas boys versus any other, any other team, you're like, wow, Texas is taller. They're bigger. They're faster. They're stronger. And so like playing those teams week after week is a whole other challenge in itself. So that's my whole caveat right there. But I I think it's exciting. Like George said, it's not just about the places we'll go. It's about the teams we'll bring here. And at the end of the day, it's, it's just something new for the, you know, for the program, you know, we've, we've had our time in the big 12. It's been fun. It's been great. But I think at the end of the day, everybody's here for something new, you know, they want to experience something new. And so this is the next step. And I think college football is going to change a lot in the next 10 years. I mean, I like George, um, I'll take you on further. I have a prediction that it is going to be the big 10 and sec that will be college football. The, the national championship will be the sec and the big, big 10. That's my prediction. Years down the line. Don't know when, but I think it's just how it's transpiring. It's something new. It's just something exciting for everybody. So I think there's a lot of a lot of adjustment period coming ahead of us, but it's going to be fun and we're going to enjoy it. Hey, George, real quick. Have you watched a lot of OU hoops this year? <laughs> no, I haven't put myself through that torture. Please say no. Uh, Good. 
I, the, I watched a little bit to start the year. That. Yeah, I, 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 I watched a little bit to start the year. And here's the thing. I think that in what I, from what I've watched, it's clear they don't have the athletes. Um, like it's obvious every single night that they just don't have the dudes. Um, and I like Porter. I think he's a good basketball coach. Like, I think he knows what he's doing when you talk about schematically and like what they're running offensively and, and even defensively. Uh, but it's very clear that he, he missed in the portal this last year. So, uh, this is going to be a big off season for him. And I mean, I, I know there's like some people out there, like he, he needs to be let go after this season. I think he, he needs another year. Um, and I also think it'll get better in the SEC. I do. Cause I just don't think it's as good of a basketball conference. I mean, the big 12, we just talked about the big 12 football. I think it's very clear. Big 12 basketball has been the best conference for several years now. Um, so it's, it's going to get easier, I guess. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too. I mean, it's – this SEC move, it, it's good for more sports than just football because basketball is – I mean, it, it ain't the Big 12, but it's really good. Uh, Softball is good. Baseball is awesome. So it makes these other sports really exciting. Um, and as far as basketball, it's like I think I made this point a few weeks ago. Like the SEC is – again, it's not the Big 12, but, yeah, there's a ton of athletes in that conference. I mean, a few – I mean <laughs> – Granted, they're probably about to have the number one pick this year. Uh, they had a top pick last year in Jabari Smith, so it's a really good basketball conference, and that's going to be exciting to see. But, Joe, back to one of your points about uh, the physicality and stuff like that in the SEC. For me, it all starts in the trenches because I think for Oklahoma, they're going to have – and they've, they've done a little bit of it this year with a defensive line class, but that's, real, that's mainly where it's going to start. That's mainly where it's pivotal because at a place like Oklahoma – Skill players are going to take care of themselves. You're going to be able to get quarterbacks. You're going to be able to get receivers. You're going to be able to get guys in the secondary. There's no question about that because they've been doing that for years. But up front is really where it starts on the offensive line and the defensive line because this past season, the O-line play wasn't that good. Let's just be honest. And, and I expect it to get better to get better this year because of some of the pickups you've gotten in a Walter Rouse and uh, – yeah, a Caleb Schaefer, a Caden Green, and things like that. But at the same time, that's where it all starts. Because even when you watch that national championship game with Georgia and TCU, you can see the difference up front between those two squads. TCU was very good, but Georgia was on a different level because they've got presumably the number one pick on their defensive line. They had a guy last year on the defensive line who was all world. So, I mean, the, the, the SEC is on a different level as far as that, but that's really where it all starts. If you can get it fixed in the trenches, I think it all works itself out because even when you go back and look at some of the go back and look at some of those playoff games that Oklahoma played when they played against uh, LSU. LSU's defense LSU's defense wasn't that great, but their defensive line had Jalen Hurts in a living hell that entire game. And from I mean from the first snap. Uh you look at the Alabama game in that Orange Bowl, that offensive line was great, but that Bama D line was elite. So, I mean, you saw the differences there, but yeah, it all comes down to physicality, as you mentioned, but um, George, I want to kind of go back to you on this. And this was something I really should have asked earlier in the show, but I'm just going to ask it now. So uh, as we mentioned, you've made the move from the Denver Gazette to Soonerscoop.com. And um, if you can, I want you to go into a little bit of how that all came about uh, getting a, getting the opportunity to be on board with the guys over at scoop. Uh, they're guys that have been very helpful to me. So 
uh, we want to show them some love on this podcast. But uh, just go ahead and let everybody know kind of how that all came about. Yeah, Carrie, um, you know, I one, I've known the guys from Scoop for a long time. Obviously, when I covered the team, um, you know, from 2017 to 2019, I got to know those guys really well. Um, you know, I've listened to Carrie on the radio really since I was a kid on the sports animal. Um, and so, you know, I just got to know them and, and we became sort of friends and, and they respected my, uh, my hustle as a student, I would say. Uh, and so we just kind of stayed in touch the years and, and Carrie reached out, um, you know, a little bit ago, uh, you know, I guess now a long bit ago, um, before really, uh, this last season and just said, Hey, we might have an opportunity opening up. Uh, and we'd really like to see if you'd be interested. Um, and I thought, I think they, they basically did not think I would be interested and I was very interested. Uh, and so we just stayed in touch. Um, you know, it, it took longer than I think any of us anticipated. And part of that was also myself. I wanted to, um, you know, work in Denver for, for that last season. And, you know, there were some trips on that, that I really wanted to do. They, they went to London last year. And so I really wanted to go do that. And, and I also thought they were going to be better than they were. Uh, so I stuck it out. But uh, that's kind of how it came together. And then we just agreed that this would be a good start date because um, there's not a whole lot going on. And it also gives me some time to, you know, meet the staff, get to know them. And, and like I said earlier, spring ball is a really good time period when everybody's happy. Right. Um, there's a lot of good things going on. And so it's easier to get to know no guys. Whereas if I would have come in last year when things weren't going so great, I think it would have been it would have been tougher on me to get acclimated but that's kind of how it went down and um like i said it was it was the right move for me it's what i want to want to do is cover college football at a high level uh i want to live close to home um and uh and working for those guys because and it, this isn't to say i wouldn't work anywhere in oklahoma other than this place but uh this is where i want to work like working for a place like sooner scoop where i've been a subscriber for a while uh, and just get to know those guys where they're going to give me the freedom to be me, um, you know, pers personality wise. And then also as a writer, like I, they're basically letting me do what I want. Um, and, you know, hopefully people will will like that. Um, I, I think that that's what made this such a, again, an enticing job uh, for me. We're happy to have you. I'll tell you that. Did we lose Jalen? You might have. No, I'm here. I just okay. Know. <laughs> oh, <that was> good. <laughs> Sorry about that. But anyway, I left him um, speechless. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that was awesome. But um, so you've been a scooper for a while, and um, I mean, you're kind of like me. You you grew up a Sooner. Your father played for the Sooners back in the day, uh, under the Barry Switzer teams. Uh, talk about that experience growing up as a as a as a son of a former Sooner. And Joe, you can talk about the two, even though your dad didn't play, but everybody knows who your dad is. So you've grown up a little bit as a Cerner. So uh, both of y'all go into a little bit about how that's been. Man, it's been great. I mean, that's my childhood. Um, you know, my dad played uh, 82 to 84, um, you know, for coach Switzer. He's got some unbelievable Brian Bosworth stories from back in the day. Um, you know, Switzer is probably not is, podcast appropriate. Uh, there's a there's a couple like I, I'll give one real quick one, but like when they oh, yeah. played in the Orange Bowl in '84, um, and I actually wrote about this in the Daily when the when OU played in the Orange Bowl. But in '84 uh, they played in the Orange Bowl, and a bunch of them got on the elevator, and Bosworth was one of them, 
and uh, they started jumping up and down on the elevator. Elevator gets stuck, and Boz like climbs out. You know how you can climb out of the top? He climbs out of the top and climbs all the way to the top of the the hotel through the elevator shaft thing, <laughs> and uh, and like got somebody to come get him out. But he was he was a crazy dude. Um, but anyways, he's got a great you know all that stuff. Uh, Switzer's somebody that I know pretty well. Um, is somebody that I've talked to often. So that was awesome. And then, you know, growing up, going to games, my dad's been, you know, a season ticket holder since 1992, um, and was able to get, you know, six tickets, uh, I think in 96. So he had two and then he added four more right next to him because OU was so bad at the time that they were just <laughs> giving away season tickets basically. So my dad's had those for, you know, 20 some years now. And, um, you know, I remember going to games as a kid and, and um, I the game, the first game I remember going to, and there's pictures of me going to games before this, but the first one I remember going to was uh, 2005 OU-TCU and OU lost at home to TCU. And T OU wasn't great that year. That was the Rhett Bomar year. And um, I remember crying after the game because they lost to TCU. <laughs> and I was like, this team's not even any good. Uh, I think TCU ended up being like 11 and one. This was like when TCU started really becoming a good football program, but that's the first game I remember going to, but I remember going, like I didn't miss a game from like 2004 to I think the end of my college year home game. And uh, I remember, you know, the jump around game was an all time favorite being there for that. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of OU Texas games um, and then, you know, the ability to, to go to OU, I didn't even apply anywhere else. Like that's where I wanted to go. I knew I wanted to do journalism. I was not a great athlete as much as we talked earlier about me hitting six threes in middle school. I was not very good. I had a really good game that day. Um, but, um, you know, college athletics was not in my path for sure. So I knew I wanted to do some sort of, um, journalistic stuff. And so, I uh, went to OU. I thought I wanted to do broadcast. Um, and I stepped in there and I was like, Nope, not for me. So I ended up writing uh, and doing doing audio and podcasts and stuff like that. So it's been great, man. Like I, I can't complain. My brother is, is about to graduate from OU as a software engineer. My little sister's a freshman at OU right now. Uh, she's going to go to nursing school. So it's you know they say sooner born, sooner bred. That's that is the Stoya family. We have. Um, I mean, my parents met at O'Connell's, like the old O'Connell's. I know everybody knows the O'Connell's on Campus Corner, but the old O'Conns used to be where Headington is, all the old heads out there will know what I'm talking about, but they met there. Uh, and I believe their picture was on the wall for like years. Um, and so that's, it's, uh, it's definitely a family thing. And they're super excited because my dad loves Sooner Scoop. Uh, he's a big fan of, of what they do. And so he's already calling me, trying to give me story ideas of what he wants to read and what he wants to listen to. So, um, it's great, man. I, I can't complain. And, um, again, that's a big reason why I wanted to come back here. Just real quick that it's funny because like your story is very eerily similar to mine. Obviously I'm not in college yet, but the upbringing is very, very similar. Like that's, it's, it's kind of crazy to hear that, but I think that Oh five year that you're talking about, I want to say after that year, and I could be wrong, but I think that's the year that they, like they stripped the names off of the back of the jerseys. That, and they were that, just running yes, around correct. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that tells you how that season went. And I know we had a few former players on here a, a while back that talked about that entire situation. But um, 
Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and get into your uh, your story. I, I uh, It's funny because being a fan of a team can look completely different from person to person. But at the end of the day, we're all rooting for the same thing. But uh, I've been blessed to just, you know, be brought up around OE Athletics and really just see it from a behind the curtain kind of way. And, but at the same time, like I'm just as a big a fan as everybody else. So um, I remember that game, George, uh, they actually salvaged that year by beating Oregon in like the holiday bowl. I remember uh, I got Clay Ingram, Clay Ingram, one of my favorite plays, Clay Ingram had the interception to win that game. And then the next play, Rob Bomar spiked the ball. And I thought Bob Stoops was going to kill him. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, uh, and then that summer after that, that was, that was the year he got, that was the summer he got kicked off, right? Big red sports and imports. But, um, yep. yeah, no, I remember that. I remember when my dad got the phone call. We were in, I couldn't even tell you where, we're in the mountains somewhere. And this is like, you know, smartphones aren't a thing. So he probably gets a call on his old Blackberry or like a, a razor. And this man is like walking around the campground because we had an RV walk around the campground trying to get service because he's trying to deal with this catastrophic issue of our starting quarterback getting kicked off. So I could, I have stories for days that can go with just like bad moments in OU history and like behind the scenes of like where was senior, you know? Uh, but I mean, I love this place. I mean, I haven't moved away f- for a reason, even though at times I've wanted to, but I love this place. Uh, I think uh, being a fan, you get to experience the highs and lows. Um, we've experienced a lot more lows than I've cared to see this year, but uh, but that just means there's a lot of highs on the horizon. Uh, but I'm looking looking forward to next year, and there's uh, always next year. Yeah, I think a lot of people would appreciate those uh, where we're senior, where was senior moments. So, oh yeah, I mean. If you ever feel inclined, let us know. We'll we'll always let them be known. But uh, George, I think if my math is math in the right way, your dad would have played with uh, my cousin back in the eighties. Uh, Lee Lee's dad, obviously, uh, and y'all both know Lee. So yes, yeah, um, no, Lee Morris, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yep. I I talked to Lee about that at, at some point. But yes. That'd be correct. Yeah, and it was kind of funny too because I, I met Barry, uh, Coach Switzer, uh, last spring, and uh, it, it's crazy to see. I mean, a man that f- for his age to have the memory that he does, because as soon as I mentioned the name Lee Morris, he knew immediately who I was talking about. And he gave me like the whole story of how he was recruited, how he earned a scholarship. Uh, this is the old Lee Morris too, like in the eighties, and he's explaining that whole thing. He's talking about my aunt and my uncle. And all these different people, so I'm like, that's it's kind of insane to think that he still knows that. And we have a we got a picture together, and that's probably going to end up being framed one day. He uh, um, because of how legendary that is. Yeah, he he's like a vault of knowledge, man. Like that guy, you could name any oh, yeah. player that he ever coached. And like I remember when I first talked to him, uh, the story he told, it's like, oh yeah, Sam was my old center because my dad played center, and he said that there was a game, and my dad remembers this. There was a game. Uh, I think they were playing Kansas or something that he, my dad was a walk on. So he didn't play. Right. Like he was, he was like Joe and, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, uh, uh, 
but anyways, there was a game, I think it was Kansas and, uh, he yelled, Sam, Sam, come here, come here. And my dad's like, Oh, I'm going, I'm going in, I'm going in. Right. And, uh, I think they're, they're way up or whatever. And he's like, Hey, go get me a, a cigar from the locker room. <laughs> <And so laughs> my dad went and got him a cigar during the game to smoke on the sidelines. And, uh, that's his, that's his favorite story of, of my dad during a game is, is him going to get him a cigar. Um, and my dad thinking he was going in the game, but, uh, but yeah, Switzer's a, Switzer's a good dude. He's, he's great. And he's still, man, he's still sharp as hell. I mean, he's, what is he now? 88, 89 years old. And you can call him up and he doesn't miss a beat. Oh yeah. I definitely, I, I think we need to bring back smoking on the sidelines. Can you imagine Brent trying to chain Brent, smoke on yeah. the sideline? This past know, season, I definitely could. Brent doesn't <laughs> seem like much of a smoker, but maybe I'm wrong. Now he sounds like it when you hear him talk, but that's just—I mean—that's just a coach's voice. But he beat him both the one with the big like cheer in, right? Beat oh, him. oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> snuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That—that's—that's that's just that's just what makes like old school college football so interesting because you see like these coaches like Coach Switzer or like Steve Spurrier and all these different guys who were just like their personalities were out of this world, and if coaches acted like that today. They would they would be all over the news. So, uh, yeah, it would be fun because I think that like there's a picture of Barry. There's like a there's a ton of pictures of Barry, like just on the sidelines mid game, got a marble marble in his mouth, and it's funny to see that kind of stuff. But and I could imagine that now. But um, I think that's gonna wrap it up today, fellas. Any last thoughts, questions you guys want to throw out there? No, man. Um, thanks for having me on. I know that we'll be, we'll be seeing each other quite a bit. So, um, you know, I appreciate it. Appreciate you letting me talking about the move and, and putting me out there for that. So um, thanks for having me on. It was good to catch up with Joe. Um, I'm sure I'll be seeing Joe a ton. Um, so, yes, yeah, it, it was good catching up with you guys. I, I, I'll echo that. Uh, thanks for having us. It was good talk. And hopefully you can have us again. Uh, I'll if anybody's listening still at this point, I will Venmo them $10 if they can find my Sooner Scoop username because I do have a <laughs> Sooner Scoop account. And I am on the board. I'm pretty active on the board. I don't post a lot because it's it's, it's just not worth it. But picking yes, fights. Right. But if they can find my username, I will and they DM it a picture of it. I will Venmo them $10. Y'all heard the man. Uh, George should be should be should be an exciting next few years for you. I mean, getting the opportunity to be uh, a part of the legendary brand that is Sooner Scoop. Uh, uh, this has been we've been talking about this a lot, but uh, summer of George this year should be pretty legendary <laughs> to see you now that you're back in the city. So uh, we're working on a lot merch. Of heads we'll up for that. We'll see some merch maybe maybe soon. Um, oh, you have to. Yeah, you have to. No choice. No choice, but uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, man. Fellas, I appreciate y'all joining. Uh, you guys have been very solid, um, and we're definitely going to have you guys back on here again. I mean, no question about that. Um, as far as the people that are still listening now, if you are, uh, expect a lot of content in the next few weeks. We're getting closer to the start. Spring ball starts uh, March 22nd. George, I hope you're ready for, uh, and I think they mentioned this the other day on the unofficial 42, but I hope you're ready to, to sit there for uh, Brent Venable's speech ahead of spring ball because that man can talk so <laughs> yeah looking forward to transcribing hour-long press conferences for sure yeah yeah ha have, a, have a lot of fun with that but um but no man we 
appreciate you guys listening. Uh, like I said, expect a lot coming in the next few weeks with spring ball right around the corner. Um, and we're, we're going to do a lot more on the website and things like that. Make sure you guys download the podcast, share it, do all that good stuff that we mention every week. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, I should have mentioned this earlier, but if you are confused, yes, I did change my name on Instagram. It is Jalen Ross. Now it's not Sooner Sports Daily anymore, but Sooner Sports Daily is still me. So uh, keep that in mind. But thank you guys for listening and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to The Blitz Period with Jalen Ross, presented by BNM Media and Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Sports Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter. <laughs>